This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Activated by contract termination. Rumors of our demise are greatly exaggerated. Welcome to Stacy on the Right with your host, Stacy Washington. She's blessed to be a Bible reading, gun toting, Air Force veteran, wife, and mom. Righteously American. Oh, yeah. It's Monday. Monday. Did you survive the weekend? Did you feel that the weekend was good to you? I can tell you what we did. You're looking at the face of a mom who just, I released one more out into the wild. Me and my husband, we we took one of the daughters, daughter the youngest, and we drove down to the school that uh, it's a university that our son is going to be attending as a freshman this year. And we dropped him off. We concierge service, of course, you know, he didn't have to do well, he, he helped us move in, obviously. But while he was working on, I don't know, his bike lock or whatever, I unpacked his suitcases and hung everything up on the little, you know, the little fuzzy hangers you can get. So it lets you hang more stuff in his wardrobe. Um, he, <laughs> I hung up the stuff, I folded the clothes, put up the hamper, did all that stuff. My our, our daughter helped. And we were in that wardrobe, we were making it beautiful. We made the bed, we put all the, you know, Febreze the thing and, you know, put on the, the mattress cover and the mattress pad and the, the sheets and the comforter. And, um, then we unpacked all of his, his goods and, you know, put, put the food in and we just did everything we could do to make sure that he's settled in and he's doing well. And, um, I'm really excited about it. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see what is going on. Uh oh. We have a little weirdness going on with our, uh, with our, chat room image here. Um, I don't know if I need to refresh that or what, but I will work on that because I like to show the chat off during the show. Um, so hey to everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, we are just, I'm, I'm just trying to be chill because this happens again this weekend. You know, freshman week is always the week before school starts, university, college, whatever you like to call it. And then the next week after that is when classes officially open. And so that weekend before the week after the freshmen get dropped off, you know, two days before the school actually opens up for full classes. Um, so we'll be doing drop off again. And um, suffice it to say, it has just been a real adventure. And I'm I'm excited because obviously I'm glad that he's ready and he's going and that he's going to be spending time in that environment. And we're we're just excited about all of it. But I am also totally just, you know, this is a momentous time. Um, and anyone who's going through this or has gone through this knows you change. You drop the kid off and you change. Um, so I'm I'm not sad. It's not like I'm trying to be like, oh, what was me? It's nothing like that. But it's also just a huge it's a huge life moment. It's a transition. And I'm I'm working through it. Right. Working through it, guys. Um, so today on the program. Well, Jay Epstein, is he dead? Is he alive? You might be wondering, you're thinking to yourself, look, uh, you know, this is fishy. So we're going to go over what we know. And we're also going to just kind of touch in on, well, I just, I feel like one thing that's impacting the way we all think about it, and y'all just, you know, work with me here. Isn't it that we've seen too many of these jailbreak movies and too many movies where someone goes into witness protection and so, 
you know, the, the way that the Hollywood filmmakers set it up, it just works out. And the person is able to either evade the authorities or the authorities are in on it, or it's a government action where the government is actually putting this person into witness protection. So I saw that this morning. So we'll, we'll unpack that. Feel free to comment in the comments. So, you know, put your, put your comments in the chat about what you think might have happened. Or if you just think, Anyone who doesn't believe he actually committed suicide, you know, the, the circumstances were correct. Apparently, he wasn't on suicide watch. Um, so lots of details there. We'll, we'll unpack that as well. So I want to launch into the encouragement. We're, oh, and we're going to talk about the 1,200 asylum applicants, 1,200 of them, the most recent batch um, who have been through the process from beginning to end, zero of them, not one not 10, not 50, zero of them are eligible to stay in the states under our current asylum laws, not racist asylum laws enacted by President Trump, zero percent. Oh, and that story, we have some audio for you on the story of the good guy with the gun. He's a former uh, firefighter. He actually stopped what could have been a mass shooting. Now we're hearing that the guy is actually a Second Amendment proponent, you know, what have you. Yeah, yay. Uh, not to Not to be crazy, but yay. Uh, if he's a Second Amendment supporter, he just doesn't know how to do it. That's not how you support the Second Amendment, taking an AR-15 or long gun of any kind into the Walmart while you're wearing a bulletproof vest and claim that you're open carrying. That's not how it's done. So we'll get into that too. Right now, I want to point you over to patreon.com slash Stacy on the right. Patreon.com slash Stacy on the right. Why am I pointing you there? Because I want you to support the show. Um, any Monthly amount is what we appreciate. We don't have a particular amount that we love. We appreciate you supporting the program, and that's what keeps us on the air. So thank you so much for doing that. If you're not a monthly person and you want to just, you know, do a single one-time support, you can do that at paypal.me slash Stacy on the right. Paypal.me slash Stacy on the right. All right. So let's go into the encouragement. Um, First of all, the encouragement for this entire week is going to be about encouragement. See how cool that is? <laughs> so you will get to um, be encouraged by the encouragement for the entire week. So that starts off with First Thessalonians 5.11. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will not walk. They will walk and not be faint. That's Isaiah 40, 31. And then lastly, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. That's Isaiah 43, 2. So what's comforting about that is, first of all, he puts some real world situations here. The word has these real world situations. So we can feel that whatever we're going through, there is a, there's an applicable correlation in the Bible. There's so nothing that we go through is some new unique condition to humanity that people who were in the biblical times didn't go through. And that's what makes the word of God so ever present. It's always applicable and appropriate. It always speaks to our situation. We can find a passage or more than one passage is what I found. There's always more than one passage that I can run to in the scripture that can help me in whatever the moment is. And and I had a couple moments, you know, it's, it's emotional when you drop a kid off at college. And so when your emotions are high, that is when the enemy can come in and insert, you know, kind of negative thoughts like, well, you know, you're dropping your son off at college and you feel bad about that. But instead of talking about that, my negative feelings were about, you know, going through, uh, you know, not, not being paid 
full time to do radio, um, not having the same situation that I had before. I had a, a great gig over at AFR. It was a good uh, opportunity for me, and and it was wonderful while it lasted. But now going forward and independently syndicating myself and thinking about you know trying to get advertisers, et cetera, et cetera, and all those thoughts came the not the thoughts, the worries came rushing in. And for a while, I was actually entertaining them, just you know sitting there thinking them through. Worrying is the opposite of praying because worrying is where you try to figure out how you can manage the problems and praying is where you admit that you can't manage your own problems. I can't manage my own problems. I need God. He manages my problems. He takes my burdens. He He carries the weight of all of the things that I cannot carry, which is all of them. It's it's so funny how we, even as Christians, will say, oh, you know, I'm I'm. I'm carrying this part, but I'm leaning on the Lord in this area. Ah, if you're doing it right, you're leaning on him in every area. So when those thoughts came in and I finally realized what was going on, I just was really just thinking to myself, what what I need to do is the things that I can do. I, I You know, don't we all have a list of stuff that we need to get done? And sometimes the things on the list, I don't know about you, but for me, they'll get, some of them will get kind of carried over to the next day. And then after a week, I'm like, you know, I really don't want to do that because it's gotten carried over for two or three days. So I... I chose two of the things on the list. One was a small annoyance. One was kind of a big deal that I needed to do that I didn't want to do because it's a big deal. And I took care of those this morning. And as soon as they were done, I had this feeling of, it was it was relief, really. And also this feeling of, um, I don't know, just like I closed a door, moved on. And it's hard to quantify, but it was definitely a, a better feeling. So instead of feeling as sluggish as I did, I kind of, Okay, wow, you know, um, yeah, Monday, you know, what you got? Bring it. So let's do this thing. So um, then I got a phone call. First, I had an email. Then we, we set up a time to talk. We had a phone call and I got some good news, which I'll be sharing with you. Um, we're going to have to wait until it's official and then I'll share it with you. And it's it's good news for me. And I think it's good news for the show. Um, and overall, just kind of good news that helps validate, hey, you know, keep doing what you're doing. It's it's. There's, there's good things. There's, there are good things on the horizon in addition to what has already happened. So, um, I don't think that the timing was, you know, hey, you do these two tough things and then, you know, you get this email. It's just more like, you know, pick two tough things off your list and do them and also be encouraged. I want to read this one again. Isaiah 40, 31. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And it's not it, those who place their hope for X in the Lord. It's just place all of your hope in the Lord on everything, on every issue. Don't compartmentalize. That weakens your ability to be able to pray. You want to pray about all of the things, the small things and the big things, because God delights in delighting us by his care over these small details of our lives, as well as his ability to be our high tower and our shelter, the wings to which we can run and be sheltered and protected he delights in all of those things because that is who he is. So be encouraged. All right. Um, right now, I so there's been a lot over the weekend, a lot of news. And we didn't even get to everything on Friday's show. It went by so quick, you guys. Um, but we still have time here. And I want to get into this. Uh, there's a couple stories. I want to get into this. Um, well, we have Customs and Border Patrol. There was a huge announcement about that. Um and and it's fine. You know what I'm saying? It's 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 all good. We can go through one of those now. Um so Ken Cuccinelli was out today doing his thing and he made an announcement about a new rule on accepting welfare and public charges. 
Now, what's most important about this is that this saves us money, and I'm going to tell you how. First, let's listen in. Through the public charge rule, President Trump's administration is reinforcing the ideals of self-sufficiency and personal responsibility, ensuring that immigrants are able to support themselves and become successful here in America. Our rule generally prevents aliens who are likely to become a public charge from coming to the United States or remaining here and getting a green card. Public charge is now defined in a way that ensures the law is meaningfully enforced and that those who are subject to it are self-sufficient. Importantly, this final rule has no impact on humanitarian-based immigration programs for refugees and asylees, no impact on refugees or asylees. And it clarifies the exemption for trafficking victims, victims of domestic violence. This rule will cover, for USCIS, almost 400,000 people a year um, whose applications to become legal permanent residents will include a, a meaningful analysis of whether they're likely to become a public charge or not. I do not think, by any means, we're ready to take anything off the statute of liberty. <laughs> so, so, first of all, I, I know there are liberals already screaming about this, but why is it a bad thing that a country would say, if you're planning on coming here and getting welfare, you can't come? Um, or if you're already living here and you're getting welfare, we're not going to give you a green card or give you permanent status? Why is that bad? Um, so, uh, this is just common sense stuff. Now, you might be thinking, well... Okay, good. Um, awesome. That sounds good. But what is the benefit to us? Well, the benefit to us is billions of dollars in savings a year by keeping people who are going to go on welfare out and the ones who are already on welfare, getting them out because they shouldn't be here. So we'll unpack that and more. Um, and then I'm going to go through all of the comments. Everybody has, there's some really um, Susan said, is he hanging out with John Kennedy and Elvis? <laughs> um, yeah, those guys are dead, I think. But is he in witness protection? Like, it is was this an elaborate ruse by which they could put him in witness protection? If he is dead, because I know I posted some memes over the weekend. I ain't going to lie, y'all. I had fun. I posted memes about being Mark Safe from, um, you know, Hillary Clinton. Yeah, I, I posted that stuff because that was what was the order of the day. And um, I, I got to say, I, there are like, what, 57 people? Some astronomical number. There's a post over at the Gateway Pundit um, of how many people ha- who have been connected with the Clintons have mysteriously died of, quote, finger suicide or, you know, ill-timed car accidents. It's always before they're about to testify and then all of a sudden, boom, they're dead. Isn't that interesting to you? So we'll go into that. We'll, we'll do all of the comments on here. All right. Be right back. With more Stacey on the right. Hey, Kevin, thinking about saving for retirement? Yeah, but how do I start? It's easy with Avvo, a retirement coach. Let's learn the Avvo bet. For taking action. Not anxiety? No, Kevin, you're gonna be fine. You sick? Barely. V is for variety. Huh, change up my strategy. 
Okay. O's for optimize your savings. Let Avo lead the way. Visit aceyourretirement.org today. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. Some knowledge belongs to us and us alone. The way our girlfriends walk, talk, touch their hair. Details that only a sister can know about her girls. But what about our other girls? The ones we carry with us every day. Our bond with our sister girls gives life. But knowing your breasts can save it. Go to knowyourgirls.org for the facts you need on breast health. Brought to you by Susan G. Coleman and the Ad Council. Listen, as a hiring manager, I've got to tell you, the best job candidate isn't always the typical candidate. Sometimes they're a grad of life. Meet the grads of life. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. Sometimes the best candidates aren't the ones you're used to. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Why was the basketball court all wet? Because the players kept dribbling on it. (laughs) The dad joke. Corny, groan-worthy, but also one of the simplest ways to share a moment with your kids. What did the buffalo say when he dropped his son off for school? Bye, son. (laughs) So take a moment to make your kid laugh, because dad jokes rule. Make your kid laugh today. Go to fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Okay, forest animals, kids are coming to the forest, and it's up to us to make their visit a good one. Sparrow, have you practiced the most popular bird songs for the year? Of course. Catchy. I like it. River, how's the temperature? It's a refreshing 52 degrees, man. I love it. Uh, Turtle. He's not here yet, man. Uh, He's late every morning. Okay. Squirrel. The forest has been preparing just for you. To learn more about cool things to do in the forest, visit discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Stacy on the Right. Hey, welcome back to the program. We are so excited to be here today. So going straight out to the chat room. Um, well, I see there are some different comments at StacyOnTheRight.com, which is where, you know, we always hope that you'll want to go there and watch the show. Um, but if you prefer one of the other streams, of course, we have YouTube and I'm there now. Um, so I'm going to put I'm going to go through some of the comments there. Uh, talking about the Jeffrey Epstein thing. Um, so, hmm, interesting. So it, one of the things that I, I thought to myself is how could he have killed himself? Because when you're on suicide watch, what they do is they don't give you, you don't have a regular sheet. You don't have regular blankets. They give you paper blankets. And the paper is meant to, because obviously you can't 
you can't make a new set of paper blanket. Um, and those are the same kind of paper blankets you get on the airplane. So it sounds like what good, what good would that do? But it does. It, it offers warmth without giving you an ability to be able to hang yourself. Also, he would be in a, under suicide watch. He would be checked every 20 minutes around the clock. Um, I think they don't turn the lights out. And you also, in the room, there's nothing for you to hang yourself off of. So there are no pipes in the ceiling, um, you know, anything that you can rig up to hang yourself with. You don't, you don't have a bed that's tall enough to do it. You can't rig your bed up to do it the way that it's, you, you just have a mattress really on the ground. Um, and there's nothing in there that you can hurt yourself with. So obviously he wasn't on suicide watch. And I saw that this morning that they said he wasn't on suicide watch. So, um, and someone asked me the other day in the chat, what am I looking at? Well, okay. So this is a live stream just as a programming note. And so when I'm not looking directly at the camera, it's because I'm looking at the comments from people on all of the different live streams. We have Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, and StacyOnTheRight.com. So if you're wondering what I'm looking at, I'm looking at those. I also look down at my laptop where there are notes for the show and the stories that we share. Um, so yeah, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> okay. So over here on Facebook, people are commenting, um, oh, some very nice encouragement. Thank you so much. Um, and so then going down, yeah. So I, there was an inmate in there with him that moved two hours before they found him dead. I believe that's how he died. Um, the, so Karen, Karen believes that this inmate was paid to do him in. I find that to be extremely suspicious. Um, that, so first of all, remember last week there was the actual filing in court was made public. So a lot of people whose names were named, their their information was made public. Now I know we all think of jail as being someplace where no one can communicate with you unless they show up like in the movies and they, you know, get through the entire security process and then you sit and you're talking to each other through a glass window with a telephone. But there are people in prison who have cell phones. There are guards who help out with that kind of stuff. And I'm not, I'm not defaming the guards or anything. It's just a fact that prison is not as closed off and locked off as, you know, we would think they are. Um, so he was supposed to have been on this suicide watch, which is a completely different scenario. Um, but he also said he was afraid of the inmate that he was with. So I guess my thing is when they brought the inmate out, you know, you, you bring the inmate out of his cell at that point, did they not notice that he wasn't doing well or did they bring the inmate out and he's maybe laying down um, and they think he's asleep? They didn't check on him. A guy who's on suicide watch who's in, with an inmate, you know, in his in his cell that that he doesn't like. They transfer the cellmate out and they leave him there. Um, they don't check on him. They don't double check him and just say, hey, you know, uh, Epstein, holler at me. Let me know you're OK. We're taking this guy out. It just seems odd to me. They said one of the guards who was on duty was uh, kind of like a fill-in guard and they were both working overtime, which again, if you're, so if I'm working overtime, does that mean I'm not doing a good job? I know if for airline pilots, that's, that's why they don't allow airline pilots and stewardesses and, and whatnot to work more than a certain number of hours per day because their performance and ability to, uh, you know, their cognitive abilities are, are, are lessened because they've worked too long. But uh, we're not talking about airline pilots here. We're talking about prison guards. And if the prison guards had been on duty for a long time, does that mean they couldn't still ask that one question before they pull the other guy out? Or even if they weren't there tw every 20 minutes, they couldn't get in there once an hour? Um, also, 
the cameras in his cell were, quote, finger malfunctioning. So are you telling me that it just so happened that they take an inmate out that he's afraid of and the cameras are malfunctioning? They don't do the every 20 minute checks because they're on overtime and he's found dead two hours later and there's no video of him killing himself. And we're calling this a suicide. That inmate could have choked him out before he left. So I, you, you guys know me. I'm, I'm very real. I'm very much on the side of common sense and keep it simple, silly. You know what I'm saying? Like, like the simplest answer is usually the one that is the right answer. Um, but none of these things add up. So that's why when I heard earlier today, people were talking about, well, possibly maybe the reason why the story doesn't add up is because they, they put this up as a ruse so he could be in witness protection. Okay. Uh, okay. I thought when you went to witness protection, it was because you were, you were providing information that was so integral that basically you testified and then they put you in witness protection. Whoever heard of someone going into witness protection before they actually went through their trial or testified? Or are we saying that he's providing background information? Because background information can't be used in court. Remember, anything you use in court against a person, you have to be able to give them the right to confront their accuser, whether it's by cross-examination or examination of the evidence and the ability for their attorneys, the accused attorneys have to be able to actually go to whoever provided, let's say it's an off-camera interview or something, they have to be able to go to that person and say, hey, um, where'd you get this information from? Or you say you were there and we show our records show you weren't. I mean, Almost any scenario in which he would go into witness protection would have to permit him to give the information and be cross-examined before he could go into witness protection. So that doesn't actually add up either. So am I saying that I know what happened to Jeffrey Epstein? No. Could he have committed suicide? He could have, you know, banged his head up against a wall or maybe there's a sink in there, a sink and a toilet in there that he could have banged his head up against and, you know, give himself a concussion or a brain bleed. Um, that is a very, very difficult way to kill yourself. Um, I don't understand how he now the person who was in there with him that he was afraid of could have slipped him something that he could have cut himself with. But on the whole, logic tells us that those things couldn't have been possible if he was on suicide watch. But if he wasn't on suicide watch, then it's very possible that he could have killed himself because in a traditional cell, there are many ways in which a person can kill themselves. But again, Liberals are kind of dragging it back to A.G. Barr and saying it's his responsibility. A.G. Barr doesn't actually work at the prison. Um, but, you know, I guess we'll see what the autopsy results show, which, by the way, the autopsy has already been completed. So. <laughs> Kevin says the American people are being played. <laughs> and Marilyn said something is wrong in Denmark. I'm with you, honey. I'm trying to figure out how this plays out. Um, Patriot Corner says he was killed by COs and inmates um, just because he was a pedophile. No other reason. Now, I will say this. We have all heard the stories and people have actually testified to this, that when you're any if you're a rapist, if you're a pedophile, if you're the kind of person who messes around with women and children in any way, that when you go to prison, Often the inmates will kill you because they don't even want you around. They, they literally, it's like a death sentence going to prison. So I'll say, you know, on, on, on the whole, it's possible that someone, you know, went in like that. Um, also, 
that he was strangled, not hung. So anything is possible. I know I want to go over one more thing related to Epstein, and that is this continual attempt by the left to say that he had something to do with Donald Trump. And I've read a few articles about this. So back in, I think it was the 80s, um, mid to late 80s, you have Donald Trump being introduced to Jeffrey Epstein by other famous people. And Donald Trump spent some time with Jeffrey Epstein. And then he had him down with some others to his hotel, uh, Mar- well, it's, it's a golf resort, Mar-a-Lago. While Jeffrey Epstein was there, he actually... Um, he raped a worker there, a young woman who was working in the hotel. And Donald Trump threw him out and said, you're never going to be welcome at any property that I own. We're never, we don't know each other. We're not spending any time together. And that was that. That's, that's what I read. Now, could that be untrue? I mean, anything's possible, people, but that's what I read. So then you have all these years of Bill Clinton and others. I mean, really big, huge names in the entertainment world Spending time with Jeffrey Epstein on his planes. Bill and Hillary Clinton have ridden on the Lolita Express. Bill and Hillary Clinton have both been out to the island where all the girls are, were held. Um, the different properties that he owned, were, were, which were basically functional brothels where they had underage girls there. Bill and Hillary Clinton have been entwined in that stuff since day one. They never wrote Jeffrey Epstein off. They never said, hey, you're, you're not one of us. We're not your friend. They never cut him off. But Donald Trump did. So do you see what they're trying to do? They're going to say Donald Trump had something to do with him. Donald Trump was his friend and they're going to ignore their own guy, their own admitted rapist, sexual aggressor, you know, pederast, whatever you want to call him. Bill Clinton is the guy. He's raped folks. He's had extramarital affairs. He's done it all. Now, any one of those things on its own, a single sexual assault, a single extramarital affair, you know, a single problem group, if you will. You have to take it all on on its own merit. What what has the person done since they had those problems? What has been the the mode? Or have they been repentant? Have they, you know, been unabashedly unashamed of it? What, what you have to take all that into consideration. But it, the most important thing we can do as Trump supporters is we gotta get out there and read what what we can to make sure that is the connection real? I've read enough to, to believe that it's not. I don't believe that Jeffrey Epstein and Donald Trump had a material friendship or connection, especially after the event at Mar-a-Lago. And then secondly, we have to look at if if they're saying it's Donald Trump, then who is it really? You know, squirrel, oh, look over here. If they're saying, hey, look over here, you know where you need to look everywhere else but over there. If they're saying your guy is Jeffrey Epstein's, you know, protector, then we know it's the Democrats. They're the ones who have the deepest connections to Jeffrey Epstein. They're the ones who helped protect him and keep him hidden and keep him safe. They're the ones that facilitated his activities. They knew about it. They looked the other way. They're the ones. Sorry, but we know that they project. We know that if they're guilty of something, they'll accuse Donald Trump of it or anybody else they can accuse because they'll do anything to get the stink off of them. And right here, the stink is pretty strong, if you ask me. Jeffrey Epstein, decades of him peddling underage girls, girls missing from all over the United States. Haven't you ever just walked, you're at the grocery store, you glance over, this happens all the time. I glance over and I see a a park bench inside the grocery store with a child's picture on it, and it's the child's original picture, and then a picture of what they look like now. They're supposed to be 18 or 22 or 26 years old. And I always think to myself, why do we have so many children in America missing? Like, what is that? 
Well, Jeffrey Epstein's a part of it. That's what. One guy. One guy. So, uh, yeah. Now, I'm, for as far as watching my back, I don't, I don't have to watch my back because the glory of the Lord is my rear guard. And I'm not saying anything here that hasn't already been said. Um, so before we get to this next break, we are going to segue back into, I have one, uh, another piece of audio for you. We're, we're going to segue back into that, but I want you to hear a little bit of good news. I know it's Monday and we usually do good news Friday, but is there any reason why I should hold back on good news if it's, if it's super good? Now, y'all know I'm on low carb, right? So take that into consideration as I share this next story with you. Chick-fil-A says that starting today, mac and cheese is available at their restaurants nationwide. It's available as a side with lunch and dinner. It's available as a part of a kid's meal and you can get it in your catering order. Now, I don't know about you, but the heavenly chicken has been so much more than enough. It, I, I'm not going to lie. If you put the heavenly chicken into a salad, it's more than a blessing to you. It's, it is a balm to your soul. It's a blessing from on high. It's the chicken that's blessed by the Lord. And now they've brought out some mac and cheese. So raise your hand in the audience somewhere, wherever you may be, just pause, put your cup, cup, cup of coffee down or your Perrier water, which is what I have today. I know y'all are thinking, where's the coffee? It's Perrier water today. Put your, put your hand in the air and wave it like you just don't care. If you've already had some of this mac and cheese, tell your girl, is it good? Is, is because I make homemade mac and cheese. And one of the daughters, I mean, I think they both can make it, but one of the daughters, the youngest daughter, she's been raised up in the way of the homemade mac and cheese. And she makes a mac and cheese that's so good. You will punch someone nearby. Some of you will go crazy and you'll haul off and do like the hammer punch and you'll actually hurt somebody. Others will just do a friendly punch to acknowledge the goodness that is the mac and cheese made by the Washington women. Now, this is Chick-fil-A mac and cheese. So it's either going to be so good, we're going to actually think we're, we're going to hear angels singing, or we're going to be so sorely disappointed and we're going to have to write it off because, you know, Jesus is king and we, we can, we can tolerate a mistake from anybody that we love and we'll just, we'll just let it go. So apparently, this is the chicken chain's first permanent side addition since 2016. It is a classic macaroni and cheese recipe with a special blend of cheddar, Parmesan, and Romano cheeses. So they're going in hot with three different types of cheese. You can't, you can't have a mac and cheese with just one kind of cheese, people. That's not real mac and cheese. It has to have more than one kind of cheese. They've already tested the dish in five markets, including Baltimore, Maryland, Greensboro, North Carolina, Houston, and San Antonio, Texas, Nashville, Tennessee, and Phoenix, Arizona. Now, I don't know why they didn't bring all of us over here in uh, St. Louis into the, we have a lot of Chick-fil-A's here. We could have tested that mac and cheese for them. We would have been happy to help. Anyway, prices vary by market, but a side order of mac and cheese starts at $2.99. Now, I don't want to have to be that one, but it might be me today. It might be me today. Now, I run over to the Chick-fil-A today after the show and live stream a Chick-fil-A mac and cheese tasting with a few of the children. Well, we only have two children left at home at this point. You know, the, the, at this stage of the game, there's only two in here. And by, by this next Monday, there'll only be one left. And I'm putting all my all my monies on the, the youngest. I'm going to be hanging out with her so hard. We're going to be chilling. <laughs> you guys, she's going to love all of the fun things we're going to do. I think I can see her eyes rolling from behind her. So anyway... All right, when we get back, we're going to talk about this uh, immigration announcement and more. Stay right there.
Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. When is the best time to talk to your family about staying in touch during a disaster? When floodwaters reach your door? When wildfires are engulfing the edge of your neighborhood? Or an earthquake is destroying buildings? Or is the best time, perhaps, today? During a disaster, you may not be able to stay in touch with your family or friends as easily as you think. Go to ready.gov communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. This is how we do every day. We be and if you want to come and If you love them enough to turn off your music and pretend like their music is your music. Ah, this is Mommy's Jam! Then surely you'll check NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're in the right car seat. Let's play it again. Check today at NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Act Council. Hi, I'm Danica Patrick. Watching my nieces grow, play, and learn is amazing, but not every child gets to be carefree. One in six kids in the U.S. are hungry. This breaks my heart, and it's something that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and gives it to families in need. To help, visit feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man. Your worst man. You, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. Is that a faucet running? That's not a faucet. That's a river rushing through the forest. Forest rivers provide over 100 million people with clean water to drink. What? I can't hear you because of the vacuum. That's not a vacuum. That's the trees in the forest cleaning up the air we breathe. I didn't know the trees were so amazing. Yep, and the forest gives us shade, trees to climb. That's awesome. Let's go explore some more. Visit the forest today and enjoy all it does just for you. To learn more about the forest and find one near you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Spacey on the Right. Hi, friends. Welcome back. Okay, um, here's something interesting that I, for- I left off there, off that Chick-fil-A story. There's one more thing. Also, on Monday, Chick-fil-A is releasing the new Frosted Caramel at participating restaurants, the seasonal limited time drink will be available through November 9th while supplies last. Oh, I hate it when they say that. Chick-fil-A describes it as a hand spun treat that combines Chick-fil-A's custom blend of cold brewed coffee with vanilla ice cream dessert and caramel syrup. Okay. I might have to try that too. I'm going to take the daughter who likes iced coffee, which is both of them, and they can try that 
I'll get a sip of it instead of drinking the whole thing. And then we'll each try one of the teeny tiny sides of mac and cheese and just see. We're going to see what Chick-fil-A is working with. Are you with me? Y'all know I got to try it out. I want you guys to try it too so we can compare notes. Okay, so. In fact, let's circle around and do all of these. So first, we're going to go to this former firefighter. Um, he stopped this man armed with 100 rounds of ammunition. And this is where the rubber meets the road, people. It's like, dude was there on the scene. But there's a lot more to the story. So first of all, if you're one of the ones who's already you've read a couple of the pieces on this and you hear that the gentleman who had the firearm, Dmitry Andreshenko, he's 20 years old, that he is uh, being held on suspicion of first degree making a terroristic threat and um, that he was he claims he was there because previous to this he'd been to the Walmart and they wouldn't sell him the kind of ammunition he was interested in buying because he's 20 years old but he owns firearms already because Walmart's policy that you have to be 21 is not actually the law it's just their policy so he can go buy guns and ammo anywhere else so according to him he carried the firearm and the 100 rounds of ammo in in this bulletproof vest so that he could basically demonstrate to them that he already had everything and they should have let him buy what he wanted at the time. So this is the wrong way to go about supporting the Second Amendment because anything that makes Second Amendment supporters look crazy or flouts the law in a way that requires someone else who's a Second Amendment supporter or a first responder to disarm you, those are things that make it harder for us to make the case. And what we don't want is for the atmosphere in the United States to become such that the Second Amendment is nullified, not through legal actions that are taken, but by an overall and general disgust by America's populace that makes it possible for them to essentially nullify the right that we have by public opinion. Now, of course, the media is against the Second Amendment because they need us disarmed so they can do stuff to us like what they wanted to do in that movie. What do you think the hunt is about? It's their fantasy that they have the guns and we don't. And that they can hunt us down and kill us like animals because that's who we are to them. And, and why? If, if you've ever sat back and thought, why do liberals feel like they can put on face masks and join a group like Antifa and bust the heads of little, little old grannies and grandpas standing holding a sign saying, I'm pro-life or I, I, you know, I welcome the pro-life generation, things like that. Because they believe we're evil. They believe that if we would just stop standing in their way, they could usher in that utopia that they are so brainwashed into believing can come into pass. And we know it can't, but they believe it. And so when you're up against evil, you're willing to do anything to vanquish it. We as a nation have gone to extraordinary lengths and measures to vanquish evil in the past. So it's not like when you know something's evil, you can't vanquish it. But it is like if you're if you're the kind of person who you believe you're right and you don't need any other validation. You're not going to look at the Bible. You're not going to look at the historical documents like the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the Federalist Papers. You're not willing to read anything. You're not willing to hear the opposing view. You're right. You're right. You're right. You know you're right. And now you need to take whatever means necessary to implement your vision. Well, that's where the liberals are right now. And they're also very frustrated because in their minds, giving Donald Trump all that free airtime was meant to show everyone what a buffoon he was so that he would never be elected. And if he was elected, he wasn't supposed to do a good job. They were supposed to be able to pull him out because, I mean, obviously, it's Donald Trump. It's someone that he was cool until they said he wasn't cool. So the Springfield Police Department, to get back to this, arrived on the scene within three minutes. They... uh 
they took him into custody and the off duty firefighter um was was he he did the right thing um the former firefighter actually caught him when he was making his way out of an emergency exit and made him get down on the ground and disarmed him um he actually was walking around with the firearm and the ammunition and the flak vest on when a store manager pulled the fire alarm and started urging people to leave the store. And when the commotion began, he went out of the side door and that's where the, uh, the armed former firefighter was waiting on him and put him, you know, made him get down on the ground and disarmed him. Um, excellent response time of three minutes for the police officers. That's fantastic. Great job by everyone here. Um, and I understand, you know, we can all be misguided and want to do something. And at 20 years old, his brain's not even fully developed. Remember, men, men don't, their brain doesn't stop growing and developing and forming, um, into its final state until they're 25 years old. So this guy made a really dumb rookie mistake. And unfortunately, he's going to pay for it because it's so close behind the actual mass shootings that occurred. Uh, just, just an idiotic thing for him to do. Don't know why he felt like he needed to do that. Uh, so. We talked about the Chick-fil-A mac and cheese. All right. So let's get into this um, welfare dependent immigration and the steps that the president is taking. So I want to first let you hear a little bit more audio. We already heard from Ken Cuccinelli. Take a listen to this. This final rule has no impact on humanitarian based immigration programs for refugees and asylees. No impact on refugees or asylees. And it clarifies the exemption for trafficking victims, victims of domestic violence. This rule will cover, for USCIS, almost 400,000 people a year um, whose applications to become legal permanent residents will include uh, a meaningful analysis of whether they're likely to become a public charge or not. So public charge. Public charge is any person who's using... Um, our safety net systems. Public charge is the old school term that's still on the books. It's still the law, which basically means you're charging the public for living. And that used to be something that was so frowned upon. We're talking about the Ellis Island days, the days when so many people from different parts of the world were entering the United States and they were so grateful to be here and to be considered someone who would be a public charge meant that you were disabled. Uh, you came to Ellis Island and you were already sick. Um, and, meaning you showed up sick with no family. So if, if one member of your family was sick, it was almost like, you know, you had a 50, 50 chance of getting in that sick person. If you could demonstrate, they got sick on the way over here. They, before that they were healthy and they had a job. They'll be well again. Just give us a chance to get in here and get them fed and, and rested and they're going to be fine. But if you showed up with a permanent disability or, you know, you showed up with a few family members who were mentally ill or something like that, and they were clearly unable to take care of themselves they would turn sometimes just the, the family members who couldn't be cared for, sometimes the whole family, sometimes half the family, whatever. You weren't getting in here if you were going to be a burden to the taxpayers. That is the attitude that we should have today. I don't care how many people are riding in a, a helicopter and have a helicopter pad on their penthouse. I don't care how many rich folks in Hollywood are running around talking about how their heart bleeds. Let your wallet bleed instead of your heart. I know for a fact that you can go to irs.gov and you can pay not only your tax bill, you can make a payment to the treasury. You can designate that payment to go, you know, this place or that, but it's going into the treasury. You can do anything you want with your money. 
And all y'all regular folks living paycheck to paycheck who are on the D side trying to tell us what we should do because we need to pay our more in taxes so we can support these people from other countries who can't take care of themselves. My, my, my statement to you is, what are you doing? Before you prime your little cute painted fingertips to put them down up in my wallet, in my purse, trying to get up in my online accounts and figure out what I'm doing, why don't you first bear all to us? Tell us how many illegal aliens you're supporting. How many refugees do you have living at your house? How much of your take-home pay, what percentage, goes to help people who are in the country illegally so that they're not a burden on the taxpayer? Most of us spend the first four months of the year working to pay Uncle Sam. And then we budget carefully the remaining money to make sure that we can actually do what we need to do with our own charges. You know who they are. For my husband, the charges at his house are me and three kids. (laughs) So my husband is not interested in taking on any more dependents. He already has a boatload of dependents that he willfully chose to bring on. He's not only is he not interested, nobody with any sense who looks at their bottom line and says, you know, I'm, I'm saving for my years, not retirement, but my years when I can no longer work. I'm saving because I want my kids to be able to go to college. I'm, I'm, I'm saving so, you know, I can buy a used car for my child when they turn 16 or when they graduate from high school or whatever. I'm saving so my kid can go to a Christian school instead of a, you know, a public school because our public schools are, you know, controlled by Democrats. Whatever it is, it's your business. It's your business.